Hello, students and teachers. Welcome to the first episode of the Jungle Podcast, a podcast run by the Optimize Me Workshop, which includes me, Sam Santana, me, uh, Amoga Thimamula, me, Samuel Alji, and me, Alex. <laughs> this kid is. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let us know what we should change about it. Enjoy. I don't believe that we should pursue space exploration, like taking pictures of black holes and stuff. That stuff is not necessary when we have more important issues here on Earth. Why are we trying to solve problems outside of Earth when we have problems where we live today? Right. And so I, I think the, the biggest thing that goes along with that is, so the technology that we get from you know space travel and whatnot kind of trickles down to using our, our cell phones and, and all of that. But really, I think what we kind of determined was that if you are, you know, we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Remember that? It was like, if you're at the lowest stage, you're worried about survival, like uh, shelter, food, water, those, those survival th- instincts. You're not really thinking about space travel. And that makes sense, right? So if, you, if you're not thinking about if you have to think about and worry about where you're going to sleep tonight and what you're going to eat, like why should you be worried about valence electrons on a noble gas, right? <laughs> you, don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, you're not even, that's not even in your realm of thinking. But if you have all of your basic needs met and then you're at the next level and you keep going up this hierarchy of needs, you can now start to think about greater things like well what why are we here on earth what's our purpose who are we as as a society and you can start to really get those i guess i I call them the couch questions you know where you're sitting on a couch with a friend and like hey man why are we here (laughs) so like those are those 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 deep 2 a.m questions right um so if you're if you're thinking about like space travel and you're you're at that you're up at that top point of the, the pyramid, and so you're not really thinking about the survival mode. And so if you have, like what you, the point that you brought up was, um, well, there's so, many, there's so many people that are homeless, there's so many people that are, that are hungry and, and worried about food. Um, you know, there's probably millions of people on Earth that are worried about that. Why are we spending billions of dollars on space travel and space exploration, why don't we spend those billions of dollars helping those, those people? And, um, and that's a really great question. And that's, that's kind of uh, the rub of the whole situation. And you know, I guess it's the people that are at the top making those decisions of spending billions of dollars. They're, not gonna, they're thinking, let's spend the billions of dollars on, on 
exploring and figuring out where we are and who we are and, and where's our place in the universe, as opposed to let's let's feed the people here on Earth. And I and I, I understand it is a, it is a moral and it dilemma, so to speak, and it, and it does kind of suck. But the other hand, it's like if you gave all the money to these people, and I and it sounds so callous when I say it out loud, and I, and I don't mean to say it this way, but um, the I, I liken it to don't feed the seagulls, right? I mentioned that yesterday. Like if you feed the seagulls, they um, what they they de they learn to depend on humans for their handouts, and they don't learn their own food. And you mentioned something yesterday about it. Uh, what about like teaching somebody? What was that like? As opposed to just giving handouts to, or what was it? What did you say? You said something about like teaching somebody versus like hand up, hand out. Was it? Oh, I was saying how when it comes to helping a homeless people, <coughs> there comes a time where you can't force them to live a certain lifestyle. So if you continue to give them money, providing money towards them, it still requires their own change of lifestyle, change of ways to genuinely make a difference. But if we just if we transfer money from space onto homeless people, it's going to be, no matter what happens, there's always going to be homeless people. They're always going to live a life that, people are always going to be living lives that promote homelessness. So I think that, in a way, even if it doesn't sound right, we, in a way we have to ignore it or not dedicate as much to it and still pursue higher needs such as space exploration and maybe medical advancements and higher goals that may not seem as important to the general public but can help the, the top, I guess, top of the pyramid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does, it sounds, like I said, it does sound callous when you, when you say it. And I hate, I hate, I hate it. Because, yeah, it would be awesome if we could just end homelessness and end food insecurity. It would be awesome. But uh, what, you know, you kind of think of it, what do you have control over? What do you wish you had control over? And something that you do have control over is, you know, your own actions, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Mo, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so like the debate is that can we actually control these other main problems on our earth like homelessness or maybe like I don't know, climate change, these, these huge issues that are taking us or are we at a uh, place in society where that we can't really do anything with these large sums of money but rather instead of sacrificing further uh, change, further discovery, why would we you know, just halt all of that to try to just pour money onto um, situations where we don't know if that's actually going to help. Whereas we can actually make a difference and make these huge technological advances and discoveries about these things that may benefit us with, you know, years to come. Like, uh, maybe down the line when the earth is damaged beyond, you know, return. You know, it's, it's like a sci-fi concept, I guess, kind of. But, you know, maybe we could, like, use resources from these different planets that we're discovering, different... Uh, spaces in you know our, our space you know so maybe there are benefits that uh, come from this exploration but we are like the the narrow-sighted mindset is that like um, it's just kind of taking away from more pressing needs but I feel like it wouldn't be beneficial to just completely halt these uh, you know discoveries and stuff just for like the chance of uh, Solving our more local problems, basically. Yeah, go for it. So this is kind of it's still regarding the space travel. 
Um, but it's just a point that it's also a question of mor morality. Like Katie brought up, she said that um, to the extent like space travel is also having the consideration for future generations. So I'd like to ask, like, in your opinion, are we as humans obligated to think for the future or should we focus more on um, how the world affects us? Should we think about ourselves first? Well, we've, we've always been kind of self-centered, right? And so, <laughs> it, 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 you know, you think about it uh, in terms of, like, should we, should we think about the future? Absolutely. Um, and that's something that is always in the back of my mind, like, you know, what am I doing that's going to impact tomorrow, a week from, you know, a month, a year? And um, you know, one of my w one of the bands that I really like, they're called Blues Traveler. They have a song uh, called "100 Years," and one of the lyrics is, "It won't mean a thing in a hundred years." You know, he's talking about a relationship with this girl, but you know, you think about it. So all of the drama that you that you face on a day to day basis, will it really mean anything in a hundred years, right? And so I, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. You know, he's talking about his relationship, but you know, like, are the decisions you're making today will they mean something in a hundred years? Um, and that's something to to really kind of to to really take to heart and like, wow, okay, yeah, will it mean something? Like, okay, I'm I'm drinking this Mountain Dew, it's in a plastic bottle, and I just throw the plastic bottle away because the fallacy of recycling, which is a whole nother topic, you want to get into, we'll we'll get into that, the fallacy of recycling. Um, but uh, but. <laughs> But, but yeah, so, you know, is the Mountain Dew, is that really going to affect me in 100 years? Will I be here in 100 years? You know, that's, that's another great thing to think about. But um, yeah, that future generation, do you, um, do, you, do you think about that on a day-to-day -day basis with, your, with the day-to-day -day things? I like to think I do. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I, I like to think I have an impact on future generations. <laughs> maybe I don't. Maybe, that, maybe it's a negative impact. Like, oh, this guy's full of it. <laughs> All right. So, oh, yeah. sorry. Thank you for um, expressing your ideas. You know, I, I might still have unchanged opinions, but definitely open up my eyes it's to right. something. It's all right. I, but, um, <laughs> uh, going off of theories and ideas, uh, we have a, a theory to, to ask you about. I know you're a large proponent of it. You know, we advocate for this theory a lot. So, uh, Schrodinger's cat theory. Would you mind explaining it to the audience? <laughs> the audience first. Right, right. So, so Schrodinger's cat. It's it's all about quantum mechanics and quantum physics. And basically, uh, Schrodinger had a problem with Einstein's paper that he wrote. And so it was. The ridiculousness of quantum mechanics is what, what it was really designed to, to illustrate was like, okay, so I have a box, and inside this box there's an atomic uh, radius that is, I'm sorry, not atomic radius, there's an atomic molecule that is radioactive. If this radioactive molecule decides to eject a radioactive particle, it'll measure it on a Geiger counter. The Geiger counter is going to hit a needle, that's going to hit a hammer that crashes open a vial of gas, this acidic, uh, you know, horrible thing that's going to kill you instantly. So you have this cat inside this box with this atom, with this Geiger counter, with this cyanide-type acid, right? And if it, it, and you can't see inside the box, so is the cat alive or is the cat dead? And uh, in, according to quantum physics, quantum mechanics, it's both living and both dead. You don't know. If it's if it's alive or if it's dead, and um, 
Because if the, if the radioactive particle hits the Geiger counter, that hits the needle, that hits the hammer, that explodes the, the vial and the cat dies, you don't know that unless you open the box and see that the cat is dead. But there could be two, op two options that happen. Either the cat is alive or the cat is dead. And so with quantum mechanics, it's both live, the cat is alive and it's dead. And, and then you're kind of like, well, what is that? I don't, I don't know. That's where everybody's like, how can it be both? Right? Yeah. Do, you, do you agree with that theory? Well, here's, the, here's what's cool about it is uh, if you open the box, right, this is where you have now uh, like space-time continuum. And, you know, I think, uh, I think Infinity, the Infinity Wars, mm -hmm. right, Doctor Strange had the different, different uh, outcomes that could happen. So there's two, le like one of the, the most current research is that if you open that box and the cat is dead, now you're on a timeline with the dead cat. If you open the box and the cat is alive, you're now on a timeline with a live cat. And so there's two separate universes that happen where there's a live cat or there's a dead cat based on this. And it's just like, and that's kind of like this idea. It also goes into the idea of like, if you're sampling a system, you have already tinkered and altered that system, right? So um, it, it really gets it kind of heady and the, the whole idea of absolutes and how sometimes science doesn't really work with absolutes, but it has to if you're in a scientific sense. Either the cat is alive or the cat is dead, but this is saying it's both. It, it just depends on the outcome of too many things to have it happen. And Einstein was like, yeah, this is pretty ridiculous, um, but this is what the numbers, this is what the data shows us. And so um, this is like that, that area uh, where physics is going, where it's kind of, kind of like really, really utterly ridiculous um, because there's no way to actually prove these things. They just prove it mathematically, and they're like, well, the math works. And it's like, okay, but are you making the math work to illustrate this, or have you actually done this? And it's like, well, we can't actually do this. Like, well, then how do you know it actually works? Well, we don't. The math works. And it's like kind of this back and forth. Is the cat in the box alive, or is the cat dead? It's like, well, the math works, and it's like, so, so it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. So it's, um, I, I personally like the idea of the split universe in the split timeline idea because if you open that box and the cat is dead, then universe continues with this dead cat, and then you, you know, you, you, if it's alive, then you continue on that way. So, go ahead. To me, I think it's sort of like a like a pseudo intellect sort of thing where. Reality exists, and whether or not humans know or understand it, it doesn't change the fact of it that the cat is dead, the cat is alive, and I think that we're trying to reduce it to something, or trying to turn it into something of quantum physics. I think you're just overcomplicating it, and <laughs> life is just, things, things, no ha way. things happen what? or things don't happen. The cat is dead or alive, and it doesn't take a human to acknowledge it for it to be true, and it's just facts. Or reality exists, and it doesn't depend on human understanding for it to well, sure it does. be acknowledged. You, you have to you have to have somebody quantify whether or not the cat is a, is dead or the cat is alive. So you, that human aspect has to be there, right? No, you don't agree with me. <laughs> I, I don't think it requires human knowledge for something to be true or not. I think whether or not humans understand or fully know something doesn't change the fact 
doesn't change the fact of the matter that the cat is dead or the cat is alive. So I think that's just how it works. I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't overcomplicate it to needing human intervention to be true or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you get into the whole construct of well, it's a human definition of a cat. It's a human definition of a of a box, right? <laughs> Crickets. What do you think of <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of like a it's a pretty complicated um in my opinion like the way that it was described to me yesterday when they first told me about it, I was like really quantum physics for just a simple thing like that. But I mean, it it, it does make sense if you think about it like the numbers do have to prove something. But I kind of agree with what Sam's saying. Like, I just don't see the point in trying to, you know, use all these advanced measures for such, like, a simple thing, I feel like. I don't know. It's just, is it alive or is it not? Like, why does it matter? Why do we have to use all of these, you know, theorems and, and uh, methods to try to achieve this, like, I don't know. It, it, I, my answer would be, I don't know. I don't care if it's alive or if it's dead. It's just, I don't know. You know, I don't have an answer. I don't, I don't think that we have to have an answer. I just... Like, I mean, I guess for the theory, for the like, for how it works, it does make sense that it's both alive and it's dead because we simply just don't know. So both possibilities are still uh, available. Can you explain how something can be both alive and dead or move? Okay, so like realistic, uh, like practically, I guess, not, something can't be alive and dead, but I guess in the, in the, like the the math the mathematical way and the way that you know physicists look at this type of situation, the way that they solved it, it exists. But in in terms of like you know realisticness, practicality, obviously something can't be alive and dead for us. But I think in this situation, when like a, a philosopher or a physicist looks at this type of situation, that's their best explanation for the I don't know. Basically, uh, being both alive and dead is their translation of. I don't know. They don't want to say I don't know, so they have to give us both possible outcomes. I think, all right, so if you think about it like this, there's a wall right here behind me. I don't know what's behind this wall, right? So I can't, I can't make any assumptions about right. that. I, if I'm, if I'm going to deal in absolutes, like there is a building or there isn't a building. Right. So, it's, so it's both possibilities until I actually go look and, and do the research and figure out what's behind this wall. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a room, uh, you know, and there's no, like it's, as soon as you go into a room, in, like a bathroom, okay, because there generally aren't windows in a bathroom, you go into that bathroom, how do you know that the universe is beyond those walls of that bathroom, right? Once you close that door, the, how do you know when you open that door that your reality is going to be there? Right? And that's something that, that is kind of, you know, you can take it to that next level and think about it in that way. Like, how do you know that when you, when you open a door, it's going to go where you think it's going to go? I mean, yes, you've done thousands of trials going in and out of the bathroom, and you're like, okay, I can, with great certainty, with 99.9% .9 certainty, say that when I open this door, I'm going to be in my living room, or that there's that, there's that chance... There's that slim chance that the atoms may rearrange themselves and now suddenly you are in a meadow, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, a, it's kind of taking that idea of like, all right, we don't know. And so what we're saying about it is these are the possible outcomes. 
It's and and one possible outcome is it's both. So, you know, it's it's alive, it's dead, it's both living and dead. You know, like, and the only way you can do it is by testing it out and seeing. But you, the problem is like with quantum mechanics, is it deals with probabilities. It deals with things that are incredibly small. And we do we really know what an atom looks like? No. Not quite. We can almost see it, right? So we're dealing with things that are so small, and like the rules of physics don't apply. So that's why we have now new rules of quantum, you know, like classic physics don't apply. So now we have this like new set of rules for the very, very small. And it's, uh, you know, it's that like, it's, it's, I think what it, like, if you want my honest truth, it, it's guys sitting around taking LSD at 3 a.m. in the morning, sitting on a couch saying like, well, yeah, man, this is what, this is what it is. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just feels like, you know, like sort of the thing we were talking about before, like do we have to focus on these crazy, you know, curiosities and stuff, which is essentially what this is. Like we're diving so deep into these things like quantum mechanics and stuff. Like we're trying to understand these, these insane things before we even have a true grasp of, you know, what's in front of us and like the basic stuff. But yeah, so I think like for this theory, um, the, the, the fact that the, the theory that they're both, it's alive and dead, that's just like a more advanced way, in my opinion, of saying I don't know. And I feel like that applies for everything. You know, you could say I don't know about anything, but in terms of, if you look at it in quantum uh, mechanics, you could say, you know, it's, it's this or that. It's just saying that there's multiple possibilities. Well, like, I, nobody wants to say they don't know. So you gotta yeah. give a, gotta give a, like, a, a official sounding answer. It's both, right? <laughs> But why do you think that we need humans to be the determiner of something of something being real or not? Why can't things just exist without humans knowing true or false in a way? That sounds like a conversation for another day. Thank you for listening to the first segment today. We'll have a call back for another day. I'm Sam Santana. I'm Samuel Audrey. I'm a Mo Mamla. And uh, thank you, Carl, for being our guest today. Awesome. Anytime, man. Anytime. I love it. All right, guys.